We've got a very special guest on right now, the first of four great guests today. He is the president and CEO of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, the former acting director of the CDC during the H1N1 influenza pandemic back in 2009. He's a big-time guy, and he's making his debut on the Bernie and Sid Show. Congratulations to him on this good Friday. It's Robert Besser. Robert, good morning, pal. How are you? Oh, it's, it's Richard, but I'm really glad to be here. Oh, okay, Richard. I'm sorry, Richard. Uh, happy, happy Good Friday, and uh, welcome to the program. Listen, I think the first question has to be this. I think people are kind of done with the morbid curiosity. They're done with uh, how many people are infected, how many people are dying. It's it, at this point, it's really getting uh, difficult to uh, to handle, and everybody's got the same question. And as the forming uh, former acting director of the CDC, maybe you've got a handle on this. When do you think this thing will end? What is a realistic time for people to get back to work and assume some semblance of normalcy? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's, that's the, the, the bit of information that everyone wants. And, you know, as Dr. Fauci, the head of infectious disease at the NIH said, the, the timeline is really determined by the virus. And what we need to know before we can figure out what that, what that timeline is, uh, we need more testing. We need to know... How many people in the community have had this and, and we're totally fine? Most people who get the coronavirus infection are going to do well. Uh, about half may have no symptoms whatsoever. But we're taking all these measures to protect those people who are at high risk of having severe disease. And until we know how much has already come through the community, it's going to be very difficult to say how you lighten up and when you can lighten up all of the, the social distancing restrictions. You know, Richard Besser, and uh, you are the uh, president and CEO of the Robert Wood Foundation, which is an incredible philanthropy uh, group. Just an inc- They do incredible work, and we thank you for that. But uh, my question to you, as former acting CDC director for the Obama administration during the swine flu, I mean, how is it possible that uh, the CDC and uh, the feds in general was so woefully unprepared for testing this time around? Did we not learn anything from the swine flu epidemic back in 2009? You know, in, in 2009, I, I would say we were, we were lucky. Um, we had done a lot of work at the CDC around influenza because flu pandemics happen periodically every, every few decades. And so in the, in, during the Bush administration in the mid-2000s, there was a ton of preparation going on to prepare for the next flu pandemic. And one, one part was to develop tests for strains of flu that might come from animals. And one of those would be a flu strain that came from, from pigs. So when, the, when the, the first cases arrived, we had on the shelf a test that could go out to states to, to identify those early cases. And it was very helpful to us. Um, now with this situation, there were there were mistakes made early in terms of the testing. Um, I wish that there were things that had been done differently, um, but that happens in every response I've been involved in. I, I led emergency response at CDC for four years, uh, which was at the very end of the well, the latter half of the Bush administration. Um, in every response, there's things we do that don't work, and we have an opportunity to explain that and what we're doing to, to change and move forward. The, the testing problems that occurred here early on, um, I think, are, are very uh, unfortunate. Uh, but now moving forward, what we have to do is, is you know, work with the private sector, make sure that testing gets there so we can see where this is and so we can respond appropriately and get people back to their lives 
as soon as possible. Richard Bressler here on the Burning and Sit in the Morning Show. Of course, the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, it is a uh, federal agency, and they do work under the uh, HHS department. Now, of course, uh, Richard is uh, running things at the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, which, as Bernie pointed out, he's right, does some terrific work. You know, I think uh, I spoke to Stephen Hunt, for example, a couple of weeks ago, right before the FDA approved chloroquine, and um, he was somewhat excited about it, but also a little hesitant to get too excited because of the uh, lack of clinical trials. Uh, not, not a very huge sample, even the thousand coming out of France. I'm curious, when it comes to vaccinations, who's really on the front line of that, Richard? And I ask this out of ignorance, I'm being honest. Is that you guys? Is it the, C- the HHS? Is it the FDA? Who's on the front line uh, of actually allowing vaccines to be used regularly in America? Yeah, we, when, it, when it comes to vaccine development, um, it tends to be a, a really collaboration of, of many sectors. A lot of the early research is funded by the government, usually through the, the uh, National Institutes of Health. Uh, and then further development and commercialization is the private sector. So there's, you're, you're seeing in the news a lot of, of uh, private sector interest in developing new treatments, uh, new vaccines. Um, I worry that some of the press releases that come out are, are more hype than they are fact. Well, give me, give me a specific example of that, if you can, Richard. More hype than fact. Well, you, you hear each company putting out press releases that they have uh, vaccines, uh, vaccine candidates that are going into phase one trials. Well, what that means is that they have an idea of something that they hope will work. A phase one trial is just looking at safety. Um, there are many viral infections that, that, uh, uh, scientists and industry have been working to develop for decades without success. Um, there's no guarantee that we will ever have a vaccine for coronavirus. Hopefully we will. Uh, there's no guarantee that we'll ever have an effective treatment. You know, if you think about the common cold, that's a coronavirus. And there's no vaccine for the common cold. There's no drug treatments that work effectively for the common cold. So it's terrific that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of effort and, and and work going on by really talented people to try and develop vaccines and and effective drug treatments. Uh, but at this point, you know, it, it's important to be hopeful, but but not uh, overplay the role that they have uh, or will have in the immediate control of this. Richard Besser, former acting director of the Center for Disease Controls, again, the president and CEO of the Robert Woods Johnson Foundation, a very uh, wonderful philanthropy philanthropy group. Excuse me. Uh, Look, the the issue of masks, uh, Mr. Besser, uh, masks, for example, I read in the Wall Street Journal yesterday in Hong Kong, Hong Kong, China. A lot of people fled Wuhan, went to Hong Kong. But in Hong Kong, they wore masks right from the start. And they also wore gloves and exercised, performed hygiene, good hygiene. They had four deaths, four deaths, not even a thousand cases. And our CDC early on told us, you don't need masks. Don't worry about the masks. Of course, that's changing now. But again, they were wrong on that as well. Whereas uh, Hong Kong and other places, South Korea, Japan, knew the importance of masks. Do you think, do you think we were misled intentionally or just the CDC was ignorant? Well, you know, I, I don't think it's either of those, actually. You know, when I, I'm, I'm on a, 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 an advisory panel providing science evidence uh, for the White House and HHS, and we just did a review that came out yesterday on the value of, of homemade masks for, for prevention. And the science there is, isn't very good. You know, Singapore, where everyone wears masks, they're starting to see an uptick. 
the 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 change in recommendation was really a, a, a policy decision, um, hoping that this will add some value. But but one of the concerns that that I have, and and I hope that people won't won't do this, is I hope that people won't feel that they are more protected because they have a mask and spend more time out around other people. Because the the added value of a mask, if anything, is not is not great. And the most important thing we can do right now is the social distancing, keeping six feet away, only going out for for those things that are absolutely essential. Um, right. Hopefully, people won't change their behavior on that, and and this thing will continue to. Uh, to slow down. Why do you think, though, we've been so wrong? When I say we, I mean some of these models. Uh, again, they at one point they said as many as 2 million dead. Then, of yeah. course, it was 240,000. Yeah. Then it was 100,000. Mm-hmm. Now it's 60,000. I know we've done the right thing in this country for the better part of two months. All of the state social distancing, all the things you're talking about, Richard. But they were so off on some of these models. It's almost like they wanted to, 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 to have us in a panic. Why do you think they were so wrong? Well, you know, I, I always I always take models with a, with a grain of salt, especially early on, because early on uh, the models are developed with very limited data, and the big piece of limited data in in this entire pandemic is how many people are infected who have mild disease or no disease. If what you're if if what you're seeing in your model is just those people who are in the hospital and just those people who are dying you're going to overestimate how severe this is. But if it turns out that most people in a community or half the people in the community have had this and had no problem, it will, it will, it will in the end, lead to far fewer deaths than if everybody who gets this ends up in the hospital and you're, you're able to count those. So early on, models are very, very unstable. Um, they'll give you a sense of, is this, is this something we have to really worry about or not? Uh, it gave a signal we really had to worry, uh, but thankfully, uh, you know, as more information is coming in, there's getting a better sense of, of the mild side of this. Uh, the predictions in terms of numbers of deaths are, are going down, and that's that. Uh, you know, that's something you know in this holiday season to be very, very grateful for. No doubt about it. Uh, listen, Richard Besser, we were lucky to have you in public service all those years uh, as acting CDC and now, of course, as president and CEO of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Uh, we thank you for everything, your information, and appearing on the Bernie and Sid Show here on 77 WABC. Wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. And to you, all of you, thank you. Thank you, Richard. Uh, happy Good Friday to you. 